Father, we want to thank you that you are our loving Heavenly Father who cares for our needs and calls us into your kingdom. So help me now to preach your word faithfully and clearly. And amidst all the cares and troubles that we face in life, help us to trust in your provision and to seek first your kingdom. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Uh, not many people know this, but at home I actually keep a treasure box. It's not an invitation to break into my house, not that kind of treasure. Uh, but I, ho- I have a box where I put in it all the special things that I've received from people over the years, you know, photos and letters and cards and other things, my most precious memories from people that I love. Now, our treasure is whatever we value the most. It's the thing that we cherish, the thing that we love, uh, the thing that we're willing to give up anything uh, to to keep. And uh, no matter who we are, we all treasure something, perhaps uh, our health, uh, perhaps our, our family members, uh, perhaps we treasure money uh, or a close friendship that we have or security and safety or our work or reputation. But we all, we all treasure something. There's always something that is important to us. And we can discover what that treasure is by asking questions like, what is it that I couldn't live without? Or uh, what if, is it if I lost it, then I would lose meaning in my life? Or uh, what is it the thing that would cause me the, the greatest stress or the thing that keeps me awake at night or the thing I pray about the most or the thing I'm working hardest to achieve? That's probably what my treasure is. But whatever that thing is, uh, inevitably it will be the thing that we love and pursue and seek to protect uh, and also worry about too. And so this morning in this passage, Jesus challenges us to treasure the right thing. Uh, Not simply earthly things that won't last, but heavenly treasures that last forever. He wants us to treasure the right thing so that we will pursue it with all our hearts. So firstly this morning, seek heavenly treasures that last not earthly treasures that perish. Seek heavenly treasures that last, not earthly treasures that perish. He says in verse 19, Do not lay up for yourselves treasures on earth, where moth and rust destroy and where thieves break in and steal. But lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven, where neither moth nor rust destroys, where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. So Jesus wants us to compare these two kinds of treasure, uh, these earthly treasures that perish or the heavenly treasures that are secure. And of course, we're, we're tempted to treasure the things of this world, whether it's money or comfort or family or whatever it is. Uh, but the problem is that those treasures don't, don't last. They, they do grow old over time. Uh, they perish. They're stolen. I mean, you can imagine just how you know new and beautiful this building was when it was built. You know, 50 years. Oh God, there certainly wasn't any holes in the roof, right? When they when they first built it. But that's that's what happens over time, isn't it? Things slowly wear out. They perish. Uh, they break. My wife used to be frustrated that I'd keep wearing the same clothes over and over and over again until they looked so old and had holes in them and gradually fell apart. 
she wait till I'd go out and then they would be off in the dustbin. Uh, earthly treasures don't last and we can't take them with us either. 1 Timothy 6, 7 says, we brought nothing into this world and we can take nothing out of the world. Uh, the Egyptian mummies, uh, the, the pharaohs, right? they used to be buried with all their treasures in the great pyramids in the hope that they would make it with them to the afterlife. But of course we know that they didn't. Right? Uh, the treasures became the property of, uh, of the uh, grave robbers. And the Chinese, of course, had a practice of burning paper houses and paper money and so on in the hope that the deceased can take all those things and have a nice mansion in the afterlife. But, of course, that's all empty superstition too because you can't take uh, those things uh, with you. We all will die. And then we must part with all our earthly possessions. They don't last. We can't take them with us. And so if we treasure earthly things, ultimately, we're going to lose them. And so Jesus tells us only heavenly treasures will last. Only a place in God's kingdom is forever. And so that is the thing that we need to treasure and that is the thing that we need to pursue above everything else. So deep down, let me ask you this morning, what, what is it that matters to you the most in life? What is the thing that, that you really treasure or value? Uh, Jesus says in verse 21, where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. In other words, what you treasure, it is the thing you'll chase. It is the thing you will love, that you'll be passionate about, that you'll worry about, that you'll think about, that you will protect. And so whatever it is, don't give your heart, don't treasure only the things of this world and let it stop you from living for Christ and his kingdom. There is only one treasure ultimately worth pursuing. Later in Matthew's Gospel, Jesus tells this parable. The kingdom of heaven is like a treasure hidden in a field. When a man found it, he hid it again and then in his joy went and sold all that he had and bought that field. Again, the kingdom of heaven is like a merchant looking for fine pearls. When he found one of great value, he went away and sold everything that he had and bought it. Jesus' point in those parables is that the kingdom of God is of priceless value and it's worth giving up everything to pursue it. And if we truly believe that it is of priceless value, we will be willing to sacrifice other things in life in serving God's kingdom. And as we do that, we will find that it gives us the greatest joy as well. So I wonder this morning, is that how you see things? Is that how you value things in life. Now, Jesus continues in this passage, uh, verse 22, the eye is the lamp of the body. So if your eye is healthy, your whole body will be full of light. But if your eye is bad, your whole body will be full of darkness. If then the light within you is darkness, how great is the darkness. Now, Jesus' point there is one, sadly, some of us will understand all too well, and that is that healthy eyes help us to see the brightness and the beauty of the world, but damaged eyes 
can leave us in total darkness. And it's an awful and tragic struggle that some of you need to endure on a daily basis. And my heart goes out to you about that. But here Jesus is not talking about physical blindness. He's talking about spiritual blindness. He's talking about failing to see the importance and beauty of God's kingdom and so pursuing earthly treasures instead. Jesus says if your spiritual eyes are damaged, then you will be plunged into spiritual darkness and ultimately you will be plunged into the the darkness and judgment of hell. So Jesus states it very plainly for us in verse 24. No one can serve two masters. Either he will hate the one and love the other, or he'll be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and money. Now, I, I think many Christians think to themselves, why do I have to choose between the two? You know, why, why can't it be God and money? You know, wouldn't that be so much better? <laughs> but Jesus says we have to make a choice. It's God or money, not God and money. Now, I, I don't know the financial state of anyone in this room, and you don't need to tell me later. But my guess is that none of us are particularly rich by worldly standards. Uh, and, but it's also true that you don't need to have a lot of money in order to love money and to treasure money. Uh, actually, even desiring to be rich can show that money is an idol in your heart, even if you don't have much of it. And so we shouldn't uh, just dismiss these verses this morning and say, oh, look, those are for the, you know, for the rich people out there uh, who have more money than us. We need to pause here and think for ourselves. Uh, do I value God above money? And how am I using my money and my earthly possessions uh, to serve him? Or am I using it to serve myself? Uh, am I using what little I have to, uh, to serve God and others because he is my supreme joy and delight? Or am I using them to uh, serve my own happiness in whatever ways? So how could, you, how could you use your possessions to serve others? I mean, could you use your money to love another resident here uh, maybe by buying them lunch so that they can have a change. Uh, or maybe you could buy a gospel tract uh, from the bookshop down the road and give it to one of the non-believers here. Or, or is there some way you could help someone in need and, and so on. If we're using our money to serve other people and not just myself, it will show that I'm serving God and not using serving, serving money. So that's the first point. Jesus says, seek heavenly treasures that last, not temporary earthly treasures. Now, the second point in this passage is that instead of being anxious, let God worry about your needs. Instead of being anxious, let God worry about your needs. Verse 25 begins with the word, therefore. And so we need to see how these verses about anxiety are actually related to what we treasure in the previous verses. The connection is something like this. One of the reasons why we chase after earthly things instead of heavenly things is that we're anxious about the future. We're, we're often worried about what will happen to us. 
Will we have enough to eat and drink? Will we be able to pay our medical bills when they come? Who's going to look after us? Will we live somewhere where we can be really taken care of? And not We, we have all these worries that we, we take with us every day. And because we can get so anxious worrying about the future, worrying about am I going to be okay, then we can start worrying about and pursuing earthly things, earthly treasures, instead of God's kingdom as our first priority. See, again, you don't need to be rich to, trace, to chase after earthly treasures. Just being anxious about what you're going to eat and drink already shows that your heart truly treasures earthly things, you see. And so in verses 25 to 30, Jesus wants us to help us see why we don't need to be anxious about the future so that we can give ourselves fully to serving God and his kingdom. The first reason he gives in verse 25 is that there is more to life than food and clothes. There's more to life than food and clothes. Therefore I tell you, do not be anxious about your life, what you will eat and what you will drink, nor about your body, what you will put on. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothing? So yes, of course, we need food and clothes and shelter, money to, to live our lives. Jesus is not denying that here. But he is reminding us life is not about what just about what we do or do not have. Life is ultimately about God. He is the one who's given us everything that we have, and he is the one who can take away everything that we have too. The true source of security and happiness and meaning in life is not the earthly things that we worry about, but it's God the giver of all those things. So next time we're feeling anxious about life and uh, what the future holds, and will I have enough money and food, and what about my health, and will I be looked after, and all these questions that we naturally think about. We need to remember that God is the one who provides for our needs, and try to focus on him, and not just on our immediate worries. Bring those worries to him. Let him worry about them. And that's the that brings us to the second reason we don't need to be anxious. And that is that there's a heavenly father who cares for us. There's a heavenly father who cares for us. Verse 26, Jesus says, Look at the birds of the air. They neither sow nor reap nor gather into barns, and yet your heavenly father feeds them. Are you not of more value than they? Now, you know, last time I was preaching here, uh, there were the birds up in the nest and the cross at the front there. And uh, some of you told me afterwards that it was hard to concentrate on the sermon because, well, you were watching the birds in the nest. <laughs> Jesus says here, look at the birds. It's not a bad thing. Right? They have no savings. They have no refrigerators. But God lovingly provides for them. How much more should we trust God to provide for our needs? Because we're much more valuable to him than birds. Anyway, Jesus reminds us, getting anxious doesn't actually help in any way. Verse 27, which of you, by being anxious, can add a single hour to his span of life? It's true, isn't it? I mean, it doesn't matter how much you, you, you worry about what's going to happen to you. 
it doesn't achieve anything. Uh, if anything, it, it just makes things worse because you just waste a lot of time uh, and it's really exhausting to be anxious. But the situation is still exactly the same, no matter how long you spent worrying about it. And so the solution to anxiety is not to look within. It's not to get in a frenzy in our hearts trying to work out the solution to all my problems or to get lost in my thoughts, fatalistically thinking about all the bad things that's going to happen to me. That, that's not going to help the situation. But when we realize we've, we've lost control, we're not in control, we're liberated to turn to our Heavenly Father. And as we look to Him, we're reminded of His generosity his care, and our anxious hearts are calmed. Now, Jesus reminds us in verse 28, Why are you anxious about clothing? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. They neither toil nor spin, yet I tell you, even Solomon, in all his glory, was not arrayed like one of these. But if God so clothes the grass of the field, which today is alive, tomorrow is thrown into the, to the oven, Will he not much more clothe you, O you of little faith? And Jesus is reminding us that our God is generous. And we can see that just by looking at the created world around us. Even great Israel's greatest king Solomon, who drank from vessels of gold and a palace made of gold and so on, he could not compare to the, the natural beauty of the flowers of the field, which are here one minute and then gone the next. And so if God is generous and provides for the natural world around us, that ought to remind us that he provides for us too. That's why Jesus says here, O you of little faith, because sometimes our anxiety can show that we don't really trust God to look after us. We're actually trusting in ourselves and our own abilities to sort it out instead of our Heavenly Father. And so in the midst of our troubles, when we're worried about the future, we need to learn to trust, rest in God's loving care. And remember that no matter how chaotic the world around us seems and how out of our hands it may look, it's firmly in His hands. He is faithful. He is good. He will never leave us or forsake us. He provides for the birds and the lilies. He will provide for, for me and for you. And it's knowing this truth that will help us to stop treasuring and chasing after all these earthly things and instead focus on what's most important. That's the final point. Seek first God's kingdom as your first priority. Seek first God's kingdom as your first priority. Jesus concludes this passage. Therefore, do not be anxious, saying, What shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or what shall we wear? For the Gentiles seek after all these things, and your heavenly Father knows that you need them all. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. In the world around us, people are crippled by anxiety because they don't know God. Right? They're living in this for this world only, and so when it crashes around them, they've got nothing left, and they're, they're chewed up by anxiety and worries. 
But that's not us as Christians. We're different to all of them because we know God our Father cares for us. We know his promise to provide for our needs. And so instead of worrying, our focus can be different. We can focus on God's kingdom. We can focus on God's righteousness. God is the king of this world. He's made us to live in relationship with him under his rule. We rebelled against God and we came under his judgment. But God promised to reverse the curse of this fall, to establish his kingdom where we could once again live under his blessing and rule. And that's why Jesus came, to establish that kingdom, a world where there's no more sin and sickness and suffering and death. And on the cross, he paid for our sins so that we could enter that kingdom. And when he rose again, he showed himself the Lord of the kingdom. And so now Jesus wants us to seek first his kingdom and his righteousness as our first priority. And so if we're here today, we're not yet believers. Jesus is saying to you, stop focusing on all the immediate problems that are around you. Life is about more than all those things. Seek first God's kingdom. Come to Jesus as King and Savior. But Jesus is also addressing us as Christians, as disciples too. And he's saying to us, stop focusing on all the immediate problems right in front of you. Seek first God's kingdom and his righteousness as your first priority. What will that look like for you personally here this morning? I think at the very least, we can be men and women of prayer, you know, praying that the gospel would grow, the kingdom would grow, that others would come to know the Lord Jesus. We can certainly all be doing that. Praying that, that, that we and others would be growing in godliness, we can all do that. But we could also do our own part to, to share the gospel with the other residents and staff in this home that don't know the Lord Jesus. There are plenty. We could share with them how knowing Jesus makes a difference in our life, uh, in how we deal with anxiety, in how we deal with our disability. We, we can tell them about the hope and the joy that we have in knowing Jesus and and invite them to follow him too. Perhaps some of us do have some uh, money or other resources that we could use to serve God's kingdom. We could prayerfully think about how we could use that, what legacy we could leave behind. We may have many earthly worries in this life. Not many of us will be rich by earthly standards. Many of us face deeper problems than most people ever will. That's true. We may have lost our sight. We may have lost our freedom to really move around or to work in a job that we like. But as Christians, there's one thing that we cannot lose, and that's our place in God's kingdom. And so if we are Christian, that treasure is secure, and so we can pursue God's kingdom with all our heart. Jesus ends with these uh, very practical words, verse 34. Therefore, do not be anxious about tomorrow, for tomorrow will be anxious for itself. Sufficient for the day is its own trouble.
We don't need to worry because our Father cares for us. Our place in the kingdom is secure. So instead of being paralyzed by tomorrow, just take one day at a time. And make sure today, tomorrow, and every day, we keep seeking God's kingdom as our first priority. So as we conclude, no matter who we are, we all treasure something. The thing that we value the most, that we prioritize, that we love, that we cherish, that we will sacrifice to keep it. And today Jesus has reminded us, seek heavenly treasures that last, not temporary earthly treasures. Instead of being anxious, let God worry about your needs. Seek first God's kingdom and his righteousness as your first priority in life. Because if you do treasure the things of this world, you'll be destined to worry about them, and ultimately you'll lose them. But if you treasure God's kingdom, seek it first. You'll be liberated from earthly worries, and you'll give your all for what matters most. Let's pray together. Our Heavenly Father, we want to thank you that you are a sovereign and loving God, that you know our needs, that you promise to provide for us. Lord, we confess that so often we, we treasure the things of this world instead of you. We pursue the things of this world instead of your kingdom. And we are consumed with so many worries. Assure us, Father, that our lives are safely in your hands, now and forever, so that we may give ourselves fully to seeking first your We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.